Hey, this is Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder, and I've been on that show. It's a good show, I think. I have to, I'm still figuring out how to listen to podcasts. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Tim Slagle. The intention was that, uh, that, that there would never be a majority candidate. It, 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 the framers never really envisioned a point where, where a candidate would be so universally popular across the country. They didn't know about mass media. They thought that occasionally there would be someone like George Washington who had universal popularity, but they didn't even realize the success of the newspaper. We did talk quite a bit about the election, but we talked about some other things as well, because, of course, uh, many of you may be hearing this after the election, although this is going to drop the Sunday before our U.S. elections. Uh, Also coming up, we'll have a song of the week from Fitz and the Tantrums. Uh, I think you're really going to dig that. It's their latest single. And first, we're going to go into the archives and do a a dumb bit from back in the summer, which I think is still relevant uh, with our upcoming election and even post-election. So uh, dig that now. So this encore presentation of the dumb bit comes from July. It it was uh, shortly after the incident there in Central Florida in Orlando uh, with the nightclub shooting. And uh, the reason I'm bringing it back is because uh, ahead of the election year, you just kind of need to know that it isn't just about the presidential election, of course. It's also about who we elect to Congress and the Senate in order to get some things done. And uh, this bit kind of illustrates that because our current congressman, uh, Mr. Brad Wenstrup, a member of the GOP, um, I just don't think he gets it. And so uh, well, you'll, you'll understand. Here is uh, the, our dumb bit uh, from back in July. My congressman is a gentleman named Brad Wenstrup. And formerly, my congressman was Rob Portman, who is now our senator for the state of Ohio, one of them. And uh, Rob Portman, you know, fine. Uh, The newspaper I work for here in town uh, has actually endorsed him several times when he was a congressman. And then slowly over time we realized, oh, yeah, he's he's not good. And just to give you an example of uh, where he's coming from, uh, they ran this ad. And I I wish I could find it. They ran this ad where he was patting himself on the back saying, Rob Portman's and all this great stuff. Rob Portman staunchly against uh, same-sex marriage until his son came out as gay. Then all of a sudden, hey, we should probably take another look at this. You know, one of those deals. It's not a problem until it's a problem for them. So anyway, Brad Wenstrup is our congressman now. And uh, he was on Breakfast TV uh, with uh, our own Kara Sewell uh, from Fox 19, our, our uh, local uh, uh, news station here in town we watch in the morning. And Kara Sewell, fine. Uh, we haven't met her before. We, she sat in front of us at a Cirque du Soleil show a couple of weeks ago. It seemed very pleasant. Chit-chatted with the other uh, people from her station and other news people uh, from around town because we were all sitting in the media section. And a perfectly pleasant woman, but, you know, what a newsreader, I guess, is more of an accurate description. She's not really a, a, a journalist or a reporter, uh, I would say. More of a, they say, is a newsreader in the U.K. And anyway, so uh, Brad Wenstrup was on Breakfast TV with her. They were talking about the situation in Turkey, and then it kind of turned into the situations uh, that we've had here recently, including uh, Orlando. And, of course, the, the subject turned to gun control, and uh, the conversation went a little something like this. Because you do have people who own guns, gun owners, who say, listen, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm allowed to own a gun. I'm not a, a threat. I don't want my guns taken away from me. 
Okay, so first of all, if you are one of those folks, if you are responsible, if, you, if you're doing all the right things, if you're keeping it locked away, if you you know you you go to the shooting range and practice, and you uh, and, and by the way, let me I want to bring up a point here. I had mentioned uh, many many episodes ago, and I guess I can tell you who who this person was. It was my brother. He's a ex police officer. He was in his home down there in Orlando, coincidentally, and uh, someone was trying to break into their uh, house via the kitchen window. He pulled his gun. And he did not shoot her. He had this, he was trained. He's a, you know, he's a trained police officer. And not only, he was telling me the story again when he was visiting her a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he didn't shoot the woman. She was uh, a drug addict who was trying to break into houses to steal money to buy drugs. Not, not, not uncommon, especially down there, uh, sadly. But he told me, he said, you know, the other thing I thought about was, and he thought about this before, was that if someone broke into the house, you know, if he shoots through that kitchen window, he thought, I might miss and hit somebody in the house next door because this house is literally only two feet apart from the other houses, okay? So, you know, if you're one of those folks, if you're responsible, if you know what you're doing, fine, have all the guns you want. I don't care. That's not the problem, Kara. And looking at both of those sides, it it seems like there's not much of a coming together. So right there, the discussion is framed as people want to take away everybody's guns versus people that want to have guns. That's it. There's no there's no middle ground. So I guess we should just call it a day. No, if you listen to most uh, gun control advocates, uh, no one wants to take anybody's guns away completely because, first of all, as I've said in the past, and I think you know this is this is facts, is that we'll never take all the you'll never get all the guns back like that in Australia for several reasons. We have way too many of them. Our country is too big. Uh, you know, Australia did it and it worked. But, uh, you know, we have to understand that that's probably not going to work here. There are just too many guns. You'll never get them back. And it is even more woven into the fabric of our culture than it is the Australians. So you're not going to get them back. We're just asking people to use their heads. And I saw this thing. Uh, it was almost a Facebook, not Factbook thing, or where these uh, I saw that where more people are uh, shot by toddlers than are killed by terrorists in America. And I thought, oh, that's got to be, you know. At first I thought, well, that sounds like it might be right. Uh, so I looked it up and go to Snopes, and sure enough, oh, it's true. Crap. But back to our discussion between uh, our own Kara Sewell and Congressman Brad Wenstrup. Uh, she left off by saying that there's there's just there, there's two sides will never meet. There's no middle ground. We'll never get this solved. And Congressman Wenstrup agrees. Well, there, there isn't. And, you know, let's face it, uh, very sad what happened in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Ex- extremely sad. One bullet from someone else who had a self-defense weapon could have saved a lot of lives. So let me get this straight. What we're proposing is that people in uh, a nightclub where there's a lot of lights, there's a lot of booze, there's a lot of people cultivating romantic relationships, so that's kind of getting people stirred up as well. This is the perfect place for people to be carrying firearms just in case something happens like what happened in Orlando. And that's perfectly reasonable. And then, of course, this whole one bullet from a thing. Really? You think someone is going to be that good a shot that inside a crowded nightclub, uh, with again, with flashing lights, possibly smoke, possibly people running around, that that person is going to, with one bullet, going to hit and and fatally or at least in, uh, incapacitate the gunman uh, properly without hitting anybody else, uh, without having to fire again and possibly hitting somebody else. Yeah, that that makes that makes perfect sense, uh, Congressman Wenstrup. Uh, so of course he you know he agrees with with uh, the with the, uh, the with the newsreader. It's you know well we're never going to solve this. So the argument goes both ways all the time, but I think we really have to get to the root causes. Hmm, I wonder if the root causes have anything to do with the licensing of firearms or background checks or anything like that. Hmm, I bet they don't. What we're seeing in America today, we have mental health issues and we have terrorist issues. 
again, more toddlers uh, shooting people than, than terrorists. That's, that's number one. And number two, nobody gives a shit about mental health issues in this country. They really don't. They say they do, and they really don't. And this is something that at least, you know, my wife and I have always been big proponents of for years and years and years is that, you know, we need to take this more seriously. People, you know, uh, heart ailments, stroke, anything, anything below your neck, people take very seriously. Diabetes, obesity, all this stuff. And when it comes to mental health, though, it, it, you know, people just have this whole different view of it. And it reminds me of this episode of Star Trek. Oh, I would dig up the clip, but I didn't have time to do this. But basically, it's Dr. McCoy uh, talking about how uh, Captain Pike, he's in a, a, a wheelchair, wheelchair, he's incapacitated, and they have, have a hard time communicating with him. But anyway, and McCoy makes the point that it's the most, and this is supposed to be in the 23rd century, by the way. Uh, and he said this, they said this was written 60 years ago, 50, 60 years ago. And McCoy says to Kirk, he goes, you know, the brain is the most complicated uh, organ in the human body, and we still don't have a handle on it. And he's predicting in the 23rd century they're going to be saying this. And we've got everything else sorted in the human body by the 23rd century. Everything works. We can cure anything, just about. And uh, But getting inside the mind, the brain, is, is the, hard, the hardest thing to do. But nobody cares. And the only time they seem to care is when they think it's going to get you know people from just to stop talking about taking people's guns away, which nobody wants to do. It gets better. Check this. Situation in Philadelphia and the guy who shot the policeman 18 times who fortunately survived. That gentleman had a stolen gun that was formerly a police officer's. His family said he was hearing voices, so he had mental health issues, and he declared himself loyal to ISIS. Had mental health issues and declared himself loyal to ISIS. Now, he had mental health issues, so in all that stuff that he did, you know, probably caused him to, to shoot the police officer, but declaring himself to ISIS, no, that's, that has nothing to do with that at all. And, but I bet, I bet uh, Kara's going to point that out. I know you can't predict what Trump is going to say. I know we were joking about that right. earlier, that there is a lot that's going to happen at the RNC that you will right. be at coming up next month, so... So what? I mean, and again, I'm not mad at Kara Sewell. She's perfectly, perfectly lovely woman doing a, a perfectly fine job reading the news on the on breakfast TV here in Cincinnati. That's fine. But I, this notion that, you know, the guy had had mental health issues and then he declared himself. He says that he says that right here. Listen again. His family said he was hearing voices. So he had mental health issues and he declared himself loyal to ISIS. So I guess if he would have declared himself the Lizard King, then Congressman Unser would be saying that we have a reptile problem in this country as well that we need to have a serious discussion about. Tim's Legal is a stand-up comedian based in Chicago, Illinois. He's also a political satirist and contributes to several magazines and newspapers around the country. But mostly he's a stand-up comedian, and here now is our interview with Tim Slagle. I'm going to miss this show that you do, uh, election week, but, um, I guess you've never really walked me through the details. I guess you'll be there Tuesday, you'll be there election night, and then, of course, the rest of the week. So I imagine it's a different show Tuesday than it is the rest of the week, or is it? No, why bother? I mean, you know, but, but <laughs> by Tuesday, it's all over. Okay, that's true. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's, uh, uh, Lewis at the club is actually, uh, suggesting that, uh, that we're going to know the winner by the time the show starts. Um, well, maybe, so, I guess, yeah. Because that's his, uh, it's a, it's a, that's a little early. Yeah. <laughs> you know, considering, uh, well, this considering is... the polls don't close in California for another couple hours. Right, yeah. right. Well, this is, this is the thing. I think, and I was going to discuss this with you as one of the things I would, 
is I think that um, the thing that the polls that the, the, the polls that they take ahead of the election are not taking into account is the fact that Trump supporters are very energized and Hillary supporters are very reluctant. And of those two, I think energized shows up, reluctant thinks, ah, maybe I'll show up, maybe I won't. <laughs> so I think that's a lot closer. Well, also, also there's, another, there's another factor that the polls are not taking into account, and that's that uh, uh, a lot of Trump supporters are embarrassed to admit it. Well, not where I come from. Whereas, <laughs> whereas Hillary supporters... Are, are, are more like, uh, are, are more like public television. Is that when you, when you fill out a diary for the Nielsen ratings? Yeah. You're gonna, you watch public television every night. Right, right. But when it comes down to it with the actual people meter on there, uh, now, <laughs> yeah. no, you never really watch PBS. No yeah. one does. Yeah. Well, I watch, let me tell you that I watch PBS is all I gotta say. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think you know that. But um, another yeah. another funny thing I thought you'd get a kick out of is um, this one commercial they're running, and I'm sure you've seen it. I don't I don't know if it's actually run by Hillary's campaign or one of the packs. I think it actually it's run by her, where they show Trump, you know, behaving badly, and then it says unfit to be president. And I'm thinking like, don't you guys know that's exactly why people are going to vote for him? That's what people want. Yeah, yeah that's ridiculous. Yeah. Why would you show that and say that? And people are going to be like, oh yeah, dumb. So again, I'm, I reluctantly watch PBS. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 it really is interesting. It, 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 you have a grasp on it, but I don't think yeah. I don't think a lot of people have. It, 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 this election has defied conventional wisdom. It has. I have a lot yeah. of lot of liberal friends on Facebook that are they're screaming more so not to vote for Hillary. Not really saying anything about Trump, but just imploring us not to vote for Hillary and to vote for maybe. Jill Stein, and I'm like, well, the thing to understand about that is, it's a little late for that. We, this is not England, this is not Canada, this is not Australia. We don't have a parliamentary democracy. If we did, that would be lovely. I totally vote for Jill Stein. Well, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. But uh, you know, we don't live in a parliamentary democracy. People don't understand that. If you, you know, it's not like well, it, we, we we actually kind of do. But there's it, no it, coalition it, it, for it. it, it, if, it she, if she it, wins anything, the intention was yeah. I'm sorry. The intention was that, uh, that, that there would never be a majority candidate. It, 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 the framers never really envisioned a point where where a candidate would be so universally popular across the country. They didn't know about mass media. Oh. They, they thought that occasionally there would be someone like George Washington who had universal popularity, but right. they didn't even you know they didn't even realize the success of the newspaper or that the eventually yeah. the telegraph was going to come out and that, and that there would be you know national candidates. Yeah. They thought. They thought that the, 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 the uh, election would always end up in the House of Representatives. And, uh, yeah. and interestingly, this year, it might. I, I was one of the first ones to say this back when they were thinking how they were going to, how the GOP was going to try and dump Trump. I thought they'd run, I don't know, just for the sake of argument, Paul Ryan. He, the vote is split up enough that no one gets over 50%, and Congress decides. And guess what? Yeah, I, and no one believed me. I'm, I'm so, it's so funny you're the, that you said that. Well, it's actually, I, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a three-way tie in Utah. Were you aware of that? No, but I don't, I don't, I don't think either of those other two are going to, up. or maybe the, maybe between the two of them they might. Well, you see, that's what's so funny about yeah. it, is it isn't either of those other two. It's a, it's a guy named McMullen. Oh. tied Clinton and Trump for first place. 
Huh. It's like they're all within a point of each other. Hmm. I think the latest poll actually saw that McMullen is leading. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's nobody knows, nobody knows about that. It's uh, it, it, it's astounding to me. And then if if Gary Johnson, and this is a big yeah, mm-hmm. because he's just he's just he's not he's not moving up in the polls at all. No. If he take New Mexico and McMullen takes Utah. That would, and that the other states were split evenly. That would oh. pretty much ensure that uh, that it would go to the House of Representatives. Hmm. That's because yes, I and, guess you're right because it's uh, and, and interestingly, interestingly, the way the Constitution was amended, it has the candidates have to have taken at least one state. Yes, that's right. That's right. I'm but then it would be they would have to decide between Hillary, Trump, McMullen, and Johnson, which would be. Uh, I don't know if that's any better. I know, right? <laughs> but it would be an interesting moment, and the most interesting thing for me would be to see everyone in America. You know, people people didn't understand when uh, 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 in two thousand people didn't understand that. Well, well Gore won. What do you mean that, that? What is this electoral college thing? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if it went to the House of Representatives, people would have aneurysms. Oh yeah. Or would they? Because again, again, we're we're informed. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but we're informed. I just don't think a lot of people are. It's just that's just the feeling no. that I get from from talking to people, you know. And and if you look at your well, you're on Facebook a lot, <laughs> you know. You do the math. Oh yeah, I'm a rat in Zuckerberg's cage at this point. Yes, you point. are. Yeah, that's my that's my life is just smack smacking on those. Buttons, hoping I can make the little red food pellet show up. Yeah, now, now this is interesting. Um, as the 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 one thing I was dragging down Hillary right now is, is the the WikiLeaks thing, and uh, Jimmy Dore, our friend Jimmy Dore, on his podcast did a whole thing about this because he's very anti-Hillary too, by the way, which uh, may or may not surprise you. But he brought up an interesting point, and uh, I've shared this with other people. It's like it's funny how they're not they're not uh, refuting the message. But they are attacking the messenger pretty hard. And it's like, well, yeah, it's kind of like when you go through your wife's emails and find out she's having an affair. Yeah, you shouldn't be going through emails, probably, but you still have the affair. <laughs> so I think you need to address that part of it. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. well, that's, that's, you know, that's kind of been, that's kind of been the whole way it is. It's, yeah. People say, what, what, what's the big deal that Hillary had a private server, that she didn't break a law having a private server? But the question isn't... If she had a private server, the question is why yeah. did she have well, a private server? And what's on it? Yeah, that's that's the thing. So why did she want to make sure that she and why did she uh, uh, destroy it after it was subpoenaed? You know, it, yeah. it's obviously obviously there was a motivation for that server that was not quite above board. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, and that's that, 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 that's a legitimate question and. And again, you know, they're trying to say, I heard this morning on NPR, uh, someone with the Clinton campaign was saying, well, this, the Russians are meddling in our elections. Well, that, that may very well be. But the problem is that that's not refuting <laughs> the charges, you know, that, you know, that maybe right. there's some. But, so that's that's very troubling. It's very troubling. Right. Somebody, somebody actually pointed out on Facebook, they said, you know, if this was a, the Wells Fargo Bank, if the, if the names of the people that, that, that guilty of identity theft in Wells Fargo Bank were, were posted on WikiLeaks, you think the media would say, you know, we really should publish that information? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what, what of, course, yeah, yeah. of course they wouldn't. Yeah, it's uh, well, this is a, 
interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but Comey just uh, just announced that he's reopening the email investigation. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, uh, my speculation on that is that uh, is, is that there were some there, there was there was rumblings that there were some whistleblowers ready to uh, ready to uh, come out and say that that that, that, that Comey had scuttled the investigation. Yeah. And uh, what this does. It puts a gag order on them oh. because you can't discuss an ongoing right. investigation. Right, right. So, so it's that's that's my that's that's my speculation. What this is? Okay. Well, uh, before we move on, because uh, there's other things I like to talk to you about, uh, not about politics, based on some discussions we had previously. Um, uh, so, who do you think wins? You know, I don't know. I was uh, I was pretty sure Trump had it after the deplorables remark. I didn't think that she would come back after that. And then, uh, uh, and then the uh, then the Bush tape came out, and uh, his response to that it wasn't. I don't think the tape was anywhere near as damning as his response to it. Is that uh, is that he didn't really he didn't really. He didn't really behave well. It's yeah. pretty much what he needed to do was say, yeah, okay, I said it was locker room talk, but here's the important issue. Yeah. And instead it was, yeah, but what about your husband, huh? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. You know, and, and as much as that might have delighted me to see him do that, it was not the appropriate response. Yeah. Don't, don't, take, don't take political advice from Slag. I yeah. think that's what we learned there. <laughs> well, again, but yeah, but you're informed, so, I mean. And you, yeah. could, you could do but, worse. But it seems now. It, it, it seems now that she's having that. I don't. I'm not sure what it is, but it's having. She's having a hard time maintaining her lead. It seems like. It seems like her lead is eroding. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if that's actually something, or if it's just the uh, just the the media organizations adjusting their polls so it doesn't look like they were way off when they when the actual right. election yeah, happened. There's that too. Well, it was interesting. I just happened to have CBS News on last night, uh, which I rarely do. But the TV happened to be on, and they, the lead story was about uh, the Clinton Foundation, the charges. So, so much for the liberal media. But um, anyway, other thing I wanted to talk to you about because I think we're all worn out on the election talk. Oh, this will I'm going to drop this Sunday, so it's still relevant. So if I drop it the well, if I drop it the following Sunday, it'll still be relevant. So maybe I'll do that. Because I spoke to David Crow the other day, who had some very high praise for you in the Crash and Burn show, and uh, and related a lovely joke you told. Um, and I don't want people to misunderstand this, because if, depending which when these run, because I don't know if I've only run David's first and then yours, but uh, so maybe we should explain that uh, the Crash and Burn show, I think the first night of it was the same night as they had a huge memorial for Prince at the First Avenue venue there in Minneapolis. And to kind of, um, you know, set things up for a comedy show, not to have one at Prince's expense at all, but you had a, a gorgeous joke. Did you want to re retell that here? Gorgeous joke in reference to, 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 to the, to, the uh, Prince Memorial. And people wearing purple. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. can tell that one. I'm yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so in case I yeah. run this before I run David's. Yeah, it was, it was just very simply. It just, uh, uh, people were crowding into town uh, uh, from all over. And it, it took, it wasn't until the weekend, actually, that uh, the Wisconsin people could, uh, actually made it down to the memorial. And, and it was the first time you'd ever seen Packers fans wearing purple. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
Man, that was awesome. And, and David said that really set the tone for the show. And um, he said he learned a lot from Crash and Burn. It gave him the guts. I don't know if he related this to you, but it, it, he gave him the guts when he was down on a cruise around Antarctica to just try some material that he just came up with pretty much that day or a couple days before. Yeah, yeah. He said that he had done that. He had done that going in. It was yeah. it, it was in preparation because it's, you know, because all of us, and especially guys that have been in it as long as myself and, and Mr. Crow, yeah. uh, we get into a point where we just like to go to the old, we just smack the old reliable. We don't, sure. we don't actually want to venture out. We don't want to take any challenges. And that's, that's the nice thing about this Crash and Burn show. Uh, for those listeners who don't know what it is, it's yeah. uh, it's uh, four comics, and we get together and we try to write an entirely new act. Uh, uh, it's an entirely new show by the end of the week. Yeah, and it's uh... Uh, we start out on Tuesday night with stuff that has never been done on stage before. Twenty minutes, which is uh, it's a lot. Quite... It's a yeah, lot. yeah, it actually is. So I mean, it's uh, you know, when you add it all in, it's uh, it's actually an hour and a half of stuff that's never been done on stage. It's, I mean, it's, it's virtually improv. Yeah. And it's, uh, Except for the fact that, you know, that we've been mulling over it in our notebooks for, for, for you know, a few months sure, prior. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I say a few months. Usually usually I start working on it the week before. <laughs> there you go. David, David did, did an amazing job. He put together, he had like a 45-minute act. It was almost a one-man show that he had put together. Holy cow! Just for it, he did he did bits and pieces all week, but I think it was one night. I think it was on Friday. He uh, we we let him go last so he could just go, and uh, he did he did like he went like forty-five minutes of, of, of brand new stuff. It was uh, it was amazing. Yeah, well, good for him. He's come. He's bringing uh, Kermit Apio with him to uh, the shows next week uh, for a little double headlining action. So that'll be a lot of fun for folks. But um, other thing I want to yeah, ask. they should both. Uh, I, I just heard. Yeah, they're both staying over for the anniversary, which is uh, oh, okay. Uh, uh, the sixth of November. It's the twenty fifth anniversary of uh, yeah. Acme Comedy Company. Yep. And it's uh, and it's all it's it, it, except for me. It's all comics who started emceeing at uh, Acme and have gone on to to greater things. And but you've worked and, you've worked uh, a lot there though in your career. Pardon? You've worked a lot there, though, so it's... Oh, yeah, well, that's why I'm there. Yeah, I'm yeah. the guy they all passed up. <laughs> uh... <laughs> they all started opening for me at one point or another, <laughs> and now I'm opening for them. All right, so, <laughs> so on another unrelated topic, music. We got in this discussion a couple times ago that you had just got... No, you're not getting it out of me. Really? You're, you're, not, getting uh... it, you're not getting it out of me. Across the <laughs> I know line. where you're going. It, no, it's, no, it's, uh, it's, 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 I have a, uh, it's every time we talk, you talk about who my Pandora, who my, who my number one Pandora search is at that point. And, and I mentioned to you on Facebook that I think I'm too embarrassed to tell you who it is. Now. Oh, you, you kidding me? Uh, a friend, I'll, I'll, let me, I can make you feel better. A friend of mine, uh, uh went and saw, um, and she's got to be in her 40s. She's a couple years younger than me. Uh, her and her husband went to see, um, Sarah, I want to say Sarah Carpenter. She's a Disney Channel star. I didn't even know who that was. I looked it up, and I, so I told her. I wrote her back on Facebook and under a post. I said, "Boy, and I don't feel so bad about liking Little Mix and GRL because I have the musical taste of a 15-year-old British girl. So you can't. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can say that's gonna. It's good. That's gonna embarrass anybody. And everybody in my audience knows that, especially when they hear the song of the week. It's usually pretty evident. No, no, you might be willing to embarrass yourself. Oh, your friend not... might be willing to embarrass yourself. 
Schlegel is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> huh. All right. Schlegel, uh, Schlegel keeps the secret. So, huh. no, this one, this one just kind of happened. Uh, huh. and, and I started, started listening to it. And, and I liked all the other stuff that kind of came on with it. And, and I said, huh. And wow. then when you brought that up, that you were going to ask me my Pandora search, yeah, it's yeah. like, nah, I can't tell you. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't tell you. If, if, if you want to throw out a few guesses, I'll let you know if you're close, but I'm not going to. Boy, uh, we can do like a, do a 20 questions on this. Uh, is it a is it, is <laughs> no, it a, I'm not going to give you that many. Is it a band? <laughs> Pardon? Uh, uh, no. Okay. Not a band. And they have a, is it, is it Buble? <laughs> nope. Nope. Man, that's a tough one. Gosh, um, hmm, because I know you'd gotten off the Killers bandwagon, but I don't really know. Well, I don't really know where else I can go from there. Yeah, well, that's yeah. In case uh, in case people don't remember my previous podcast, I believe the initial one was the Killers, and yeah. I, I was kind of embarrassed about that. And then the next one was Vampire Weekend, and I was oh, kind yeah, of yeah. more. In- we were I huge was kind of more embar- I was kind of more embarrassed about that one. So, so you know, if you could just, just you know, just draw a parabola hmm. and, <laughs> and kind of a, and Killers and Vampire Weekend are kind of at the. But uh, I don't even think those are. That's where it goes straight up. That's where I am now. Huh? No, it's not Lady Gaga or Miley Cyrus. So. Wow. Well, my boss, uh, my day job, listens to Jason Aldean, uh, so. Uh, I don't know where you can go from there. Hmm. But that's a tough one. That's a tough one. But and music in general, still, you I guess you listen to a lot, and, and like you said before, doesn't it? It kind of helps keep you keep you youthful and keep you in a in a right mindset. You know, I, I, like I said, I always thought I always thought that it was kind of uh, that, that it was the secret that it was the secret to youth. If you just start, if you, if you, if you, if you, you know, once you stopped listening to new music, that's when people started aging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I noticed, I noticed with all the people, I saw them all kind of locked into certain genres and, 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 and periods. And, 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 uh, and it's gotten, it's gotten harder and harder as I've gotten older. It's to, to keep up with it because it seems yeah. to, it seems to change so fast now. And, and what I, what I guess I don't realize is that is that when I was a kid, okay, there was a between between the Beatles on Ed Sullivan and the, the Beatles breaking up was only about seven years. Yeah, but man, that seemed like a long time in music. It does. That seemed right. like a that just seemed like a like monumental shifts in music occurred in that in that seven years and the variety. And now. I can't tell the difference between, the, and, and 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 I don't think it's I don't think it's that music doesn't change at the same pace. pace. I think that it, I just can't keep up with it. it I don't it, know. I there's... couldn't tell you the difference between something from 2009 and something from 2016. No, I think you're onto something but though, I... because uh, if you if you look at our, especially our chart in this country, maybe not so much in the UK, but now that's starting to happen too. There is a really a certain sameness in the charts that you look at that thing from top to bottom. When if you look at a chart from maybe the '60s or the '80s, there's still a lot of variety there, and where now it's just you know a lot of DJs doing songs to people, and they're and they're great songs, but I don't need a hundred of those. I'm fine with a handful, and then maybe some, you know some reggae, a little country twang in there. You know that's 
that's a, where I, where I yeah. think the problem is. Well, I think I, th- I think now too. I, I think now too is that young people. And there's two reasons. I think young people are more sophisticated about music than, yes. than young people have ever been. Yeah, well, yeah. It, 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 is young people know more of, of of my music than I know of their music? And I think there's two reasons for that. Number one is that uh, they, 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 a lot of the music they hear is stuff that's used in movies now. Oh yeah, yeah. Ever since ever since America, American Graffiti kind of set the mold yes. to play pop music into a movie. Yep. And ever since then, it's, it's it's gotten more and more. So I mean, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy opened a whole you know a whole new genre pretty much to to to, to, to young kids that they had never yeah. that they had never heard of before and, and put them back on the charts. Yep. So, so I mean, so there is that. But then there's also the thing, is that young people today will never know the shame of taking a Lionel Richie cassette up to the cash register. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, my God. It's, uh, they, That's so funny. They can listen oh to God. anything because it's all anonymous. Right. Right, right, is it, yeah. Is it, you know, while we had to look at the sneer from the emo kid as he made a crack to the girl with the black pigtail yeah, yeah. in the kill, oh taking inventory. That's so funny. Uh, uh, nobody knows that they're listening to Mumford and such. That's true. <laughs> That's so funny. Private playlist on Spotify, sorted. All right. Well, cool, man. Uh, good discussion as always. And uh, like I said, I'll probably run this one Sunday and then David's the following Sunday. But I'll let you know either way. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and, of course, the print piece will be in City Pages the week you're there, in print and online, of course. And um, I'll talk to you again soon, I guess. And I'll see okay, you, see always, you. A, always a blast, man. All right, see you on Facebook, of course, too. <laughs> okay, thanks. Right, bye. Thanks again to Tim Slagle for being on the show. Always fun to talk to Tim about politics and music. I later Facebook messaged Tim and, and guessed Sia as his mystery uh, Pandora search. And he said, oh, very close. So I haven't been able to muster up who else it could be. If you have an idea, uh, do email us at pfstaperecorder at gmail.com or go to the Facebook page or tweet me at pf66. And let me know what you think Tim's mystery Pandora search might be. As for Tim, he's going to be at the Acme Comedy Club there in Minneapolis. Starting election night, uh, I believe it is. Or, or no, wait, now it says Wednesday the 2nd. I don't think that's, no, that is not correct. He's there the following week, which is this week. He's going to be there the 8th through the whatever that Saturday is. So he'll be there election night and then uh, subsequently through the rest of the week there. For all other things Tim Slagle, go to timslagle.com. All right, so we're up to the song of the week here. We'll skip the credits. Don't feel like doing them this week. Uh, But this week's song of the week is from a band I like a lot because uh, the lead singer is almost as old as me. Uh, I believe he's like in his mid-40s. But anyway, we saw them live at Bunbury a couple years ago. They were awesome. Uh, Really dig their stuff. Uh, The the previous single was Hand Clap. The new single from their eponymous third album, Fits in the Tantrums, is called Roll Up, and it is our song of the week on PS Tape Recorder. I I think I like it better than the first single off of this album. So here is our song of the week from Fits in the Tantrums, Roll Up, PS Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. Behind the speakers, your heart will keep me beating and make me a believer. Don't you want me? Don't you 